series and currently we are focusing on the seven types of wisdom necessary for greatness and success in life so far we have looked at four of the seven types of wisdom and this morning i will look at one we have looked at conscience moral wisdom conscience which is moral wisdom we have looked at maturity which is behavioral wisdom we have looked at talent which is innate wisdom and we have looked at imitation which is transferred wisdom this morning we want to look at information information which is cognitive wisdom information is cognitive wisdom now before we go ahead let me try to define what information is what information is this type of wisdom is so essential so important but because it has been attacked by hyper spiritual believers who think that the more knowledgeable you are um, the more carnal you are especially those of us pastors who teach the word and preach the way we preach and we feel that the more informed you are the better you can serve the lord you know so there are others who believe that those of us who teach the word we preach later but it's not letter at all. Amen. Isn't it not amazing that, that the missionaries came to preach the gospel with a school attached to it? Because they realized that to be able to comprehend and understand God, you need information. Okay, so I'm going to try to define what information is. Information is knowledge gained from study, experience, and instruction. Information is knowledge. So understand that information is knowledge. So information is knowledge gained from study, from experience, and from instruction. So three ways to get information. Three ways to become knowledgeable through study, through experience, and through instruction. Okay. So three ways to become cognitively wise. Three ways to become cognitively wise is through study through experience and through instruction if the bible you have is your own bible you will find jeremiah chapter 3 and the verse 15 jeremiah chapter 3 and the verse 15 jeremiah chapter 3 and the verse 15 i will try to read it from the king james version and also from the niv now the king james version says this and i will give you pastors and i will give you pastors according to mine heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding 
We shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So pastors after God's own heart will feed the congregation with knowledge and understanding. You understand? Pastors after God's own heart will feed you with knowledge and understanding. The same scripture, Jeremiah 3, 15. This time I'm reading it from the NIV. Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who shall lead you with knowledge and understanding. Who shall lead you with knowledge and understanding. So pastors after God's own heart feed and lead the congregation with knowledge and understanding. Okay. Isaiah Isaiah chapter 33 and the verse 6. Isaiah 33 and the verse 6. I'm reading from the King James Version. And wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times. And strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, is his treasure. Two ways to find stability in life, wisdom and knowledge. And what happens? You find stability. You find stability when you are wise and you are knowledgeable. It's from the Bible. Hosea chapter 4 and the verse 6. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Amen. Cast your eyes around Africa. And the destruction of Africa is our lack of knowledge. In Ghana, why do we have oil and other people from other countries are drilling the oil? Why? We lack knowledge. We don't have the mental competence to be able to drill our own oil. So others would drill it for us and take it away. Let me tell you this. Nations have become prosperous. Because their citizens are knowledgeable. The problem of Africa, and for that matter, our country, Ghana, is the way we impart knowledge, the way we inform people, the way we even teach in the classrooms. That is the problem. Somebody finishes the university here, and you can't, it's not even employable. They don't know how to use the computers. They go to study accounting, and they cannot simply understand Very simple accounting principles. What did they go there to do? We are not industrialized because of lack of knowledge. We have all the natural resources to be a first world country. But we are not because the resources God gave us, we don't have the knowledge to manage it. The knowledge to transform it into finished product, value-added products. To sell. Do you know that the world measures a man's value by the knowledge he has? If you have a diploma, you are paid by a diploma standard. If you have a first degree, your value is measured by it. So that how much you are worth, how much you are worth in terms of money is measured by the information you have. So you have you have a first degree, you are paid like that. You have a master's degree, you are paid like that. Do you know that when we talk about human assets, 
in every country, we are talking about the knowledgeable people who are able to use their knowledge to grow the economy of the country and make life better. Who are able to use their knowledge to set up companies to employ the citizens of that country. They're what we call human capital in every country. Human capital is the, is the essence of human assets over human liability. What it simply means is that there are some human beings in the country who are a liability and there are other human beings in the country who are assets to the country. Okay, let me give you a very, a very simple example. I'm going to use myself because it is easier for me to, to use myself. Now, I'm a 45-year-old man and at this age, I have a church. So every Sunday morning, I have Ghanaians citizens of Ghana and other West African nations who come to listen to me. I share principles that make them better people. I have an university. I'm building the human capital of the country. Okay? I'm employing people at the university. Okay? I have four children. I'm making sure that all of them are well housed because they are citizens of Ghana. I have to do it. Okay? And I'm housing citizens of Ghana for the state. I'm educating them very well so that they will not become a liability on the nation, okay? But do you know that there is also another 45-year-old man who has five wives and has given birth to about 20 children and is not taking care of them, and some have become drug addicts. And so government has to employ policemen because of his children. His daughters have become prostitutes, and he lives in a one-room house without toilets, so government has to build KVIP. So the man has become a liability on the government and is producing more liabilities. Whilst I have become an asset for the government. You understand what I'm talking about? Apart from the grace of God, which is about 90% or 99.9% of who I become, there is a little responsibility I put in. My ability to educate myself and to get information is constantly helping me to be able to make the right decisions. Are you understanding me? See, God is responsible for almost everything we do. But there is also a little responsibility from us. Okay? So, knowledge can make a man an asset to a nation and to a people and to his children. I believe that when I'm dead and gone, my children will one day say, our father was a great man. He worked hard. He worked very hard for us. We didn't need to suffer. We didn't need to struggle because our father worked hard. I have become an asset even to my children. And these things are traceable to just two things. The grace of God and my ability to make common sense decisions because of the knowledge I have. Do you know that the understanding, your understanding of life is always traceable to the information you have in your mind? What is the color of my shirt? It's white. So you are all correct. It is white. But why is it white? Why is it white? Because there's an information already stored in your mind. When you went to kindergarten, your teacher said, color white, color white, color white. So it is established. It's an information already stored in your mind. So when your eyes saw this shirt, your mind gave you the interpretation of what this shirt means as a result of the information already stored in your mind. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? So my friends, it is important for you to know that to be able to succeed in life and to become great, one of the major things you need in addition to the grace of God 
It's knowledge, information. It's called cognitive wisdom. And how is information acquired? It is gained through study. So number one, you got to study. You got to check up yourself in a school and study. Okay? I wish that every single one of us would hold a minimum of a diploma or a first degree. Check yourself in a study and study well and learn. It is important that you gain understanding, that you gain knowledge, that you gain information. It will help you. It will be very difficult for an illiterate to become the president of Ghana. You know that. Even you will not vote for the person. People tried it. And we said they cannot even speak English. How can we vote for them? Do you know there are some parliamentarians who would never speak in parliament? Because they just can't express themselves. They don't even understand what goes on there. We will pay them money for four years for no job done. Because they lack knowledge. They lack knowledge. They lack information. They are... Your ministers of state who are riding in cars and they are, everything is paid for them. And yet, they lack knowledge about what they were appointed to do. They will be there for four years and nothing will be achieved. Don't let anybody deceive you that when you are knowledgeable or when we preach this gospel, this type of gospel, then we are canal preachers. Most of these people who say these things, like Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of them. You understand? But you know how sometimes people can justify their failures by criticizing what reminds them of their failure. I was speaking somewhere, I think with some, with some of the youth, and I was asking them to go and get knowledge. And somebody said, I'm a graduate, but I don't have a job. I said, it's an unemployed graduate is better than unemployed illiterate. At least the information you have is not only to get a job, but at least to, to, to even make the right decisions in life every day consistently will help you amen are you here with me look at somebody tell the person study the second way to get knowledge is through experience some people go through problems others learn through problems some people go through situations others learn through you know like what they say experience is the best teacher and i agree experience is the best teacher as you go through life and you gain experience, you learn. Some of you have, have gone through some bitter experiences and you have not learned anything. All you have learned is that you are holding grudges and bitterness against people instead of learning from what you have gone through. Amen. Let me show you how sometimes we don't learn from what we go through. Your father was a womanizer. Your father was a drunkard. Your father married so many people and messed up your life. So you are so embittered against your father. Then suddenly... You now become a man. And what kind of father do you become? You give birth here. You give birth here. You are sleeping with this woman here. You are doing this thing here. So you have not learned from your experience. That what I went through as a result of my father's irresponsibility, I will not go through the same thing. I will not let my children go through the same thing. I'm going to be responsible. But you know, others have also learned. There are others who saw how they suffered as a result of the mistake of their fathers. And they have decided that I'm not going to repeat the mistake of my father. What they went through as children have taught them lessons and they are making sure they do the right things. Are you here with me? Okay. Now quickly, the third way to also gain knowledge and understanding and information is through instruction. Through instruction. 
And people in authority give instruction. Parents giving instruction to children is the way to learn. Pastors giving instruction to congregation. Like what I'm doing here now, I am instructing you. And I'm telling you, if you sit under this instruction for six months and you don't see tangible changes, I'll be amazed at you. How do you understand what I'm talking about? And there are people here who will testify that sitting under these instructions have made their lives better. For they have become better Christians, better husbands, better wives, better business people because of instructions. Because of instructions. People in authority can give order and the order is aimed at helping you become better. You know what I fear for people? Especially for young people when they get to that place where they think that old people are fools. And that old people just don't know what is going on in town. They don't know the latest thing in town. And they don't know the, the current trends in town. And this is what everybody else wears. And this is where everybody goes. I was privileged to grow under my father until I was 18 years old before he died. A man of several principles. A man of several values. I look back. It wasn't very pleasant and very easy obeying my father's set of instructions. But you had to obey it. It is like taking medicine to cure an ailment. Are you understanding me? So instruction and discipline will make you knowledgeable. Will make you knowledgeable. You know sometimes some of the preach sermons I preach, especially at the headquarters, it's not very pleasant at all. It's like croaking. It's like croaking. But the intention is to make sure that you take the bitter pill that will make you a better person. So bitter pills, better person. You understand what I'm talking about? And you take them. Now what I'm sharing with you here now, some of you must decide immediately to go back to school and to improve on your knowledge and to learn and become a better person. Are you here? Hmm. Okay. Let me conclude by sharing with you quickly on the seven laws of knowledge. The seven laws of knowledge. The seven laws of knowledge. I'm going to conclude right now by sharing with you on the seven laws of knowledge. Everybody write it down. The seven laws of knowledge. Number one is the law of comprehension. Number one is the law of comprehension. Write it down. The law of comprehension. Your understanding determines your undertakings. The law of comprehension. Your understanding determines your undertakings. In other words, what you can do in life, what you can achieve in life is always a reflection of the information you have in your head. You understand? Can I read number two? The law of cognition. The law of cognition. The law of cognition. Number one is the law of comprehension. So number one is the, is the law of comprehension. Your understanding determines your undertakings. Number two is the law of cognition. If you fail to buy knowledge today, you will pay for the price of ignorance tomorrow. If you fail to buy knowledge today, you will pay for the price of ignorance tomorrow. Do you know that some of us today, we are paying for the price of ignorance? You are paying because we failed to buy knowledge yesterday. And today, you look at yourself and say, ah, if I had gone to school, if I had gone to school, I would have been here, and I would have been here, and I would have been here, and I would have done this, and I would have done this, and I would have done this, and I would have improved on myself. And you are ready Cursing the day you did not go to school. Today, the kind of person you are married to, the kind of opportunities you either have or miss are all traceable 
to what you, you did with knowledge yesterday. I'm so happy that when the Lord told me, go back to school, I remember that very day vividly when the Lord, I, I, I was, I, I, you know, we got born again at the time that the charismatic movement was on. And so you just finished school and then you enter into Bible school. So when I finished all levels, I just entered into Bible school. And then I became a pastor at a very young age of 22. And you were in this church of a very small congregation members and I have several pastors. And you said, you know that the, the job there was so small. You get up the whole day, you fast, you pray, you go to Achimata Forest, you fast, you pray, and all the members of the church have gone to work. So during the weekday, you don't even have anybody to visit. You go to Sovini, and you go to Sovini, and you come back home, and you are at home, and sometimes you feel so empty. You feel so distant. Then the Lord said to me, you have such an intellectual capability. Don't waste it. Go back to school. I educated myself up to master's level based on that word. Go back to school. Just go back to school. Just go back to school. It looked, it looked so long a distance for me. Am I not going to go in there and do this? And am I not going to sit down with these small boys and girls? My reputation nearly stopped me from going. My impatience nearly stopped me from going. But I determined that I would do it. I looked at the distance. It looked so long. But when I covered it, it looked so short. I said, I've just finished. And today I can look back and say, I bought knowledge. I chose to buy knowledge, not ignorance. It cost me a lot. But today it's paying me 10 times more than it cost me. Are you here with me? It's paying me 10 times more than it cost me. Okay. Number three, the law of competence. The law of competence. Your level of skillfulness determines who you serve. Your level of skillfulness determines who you serve. Proverbs 22 verse 29. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. Proverbs 22 29. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. David served Saul because he was skillful in playing the harp. Okay? Joseph served Pharaoh because he was a skillful dream interpreter. Daniel became a president because he was a skillful administrator. Who you serve is always traceable to your level of skills. And your skills are developed through knowledge. So learn and develop your knowledge. Learn and develop your knowledge. Number four, the law of cost. 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 The price of a thing is determined by the value added. The price of a thing is determined by the value added. The price of a thing is determined by the, the value added. Proverbs 12, 27. They say, the lazy man does not roast his game. The lazy man does not roast his game. But the diligent man prices his possessions. The lazy man does not roast his game. But the diligent man prices his possessions. Let me tell you. When you are traveling from Accra to Kumasi or Kumasi to Accra, you find a lot of hunters by the roadside selling their game. Some sell raw Akrantia. The price of the raw grass cutter that is not roasted is different from the one that is roasted. Because the one that is roasted 
is the value added here. So the price is higher. And that's what the Bible says. that The lazy man does not roast his game. The lazy man does not roast his game. Most of us here are on roasted games. We have not added value to ourselves. So we are on roasted games. You have to roast your game. You have to become a roasted game for your value to go high. You would think that you are the one carrying all the uh, blocks and things in the work. I'm the one doing this. I'm the one sweating. All of them are in air condition. You see, sweat is not equivalent to, to volume of work. Somebody who's in an air conditioning office and what the person is doing is bringing $1 million to the company. What you are doing does not bring anything to the company. It allows people to come in. Are you understand what I'm talking about? So to think that you are the one carrying something and doing something, so you... We started this work. We started this work. When, we, when they started, we were the first people. But now we are here. Now the work is doing fine and everything is fine. They are bringing in people. They are bringing in people. And they are rather riding the cars. And we are here. Even when you, you want small loan, they don't give you. You see, leadership is not a long service award. You just sit down and say, mm-hmm. 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 Man of God, that is a good sermon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get up and go and do something. And put this message into practice and let something happen. The law of choice. The law of choice. Number five, the law of choice. The law of choice. Your life today reflects the decisions you made yesterday. Your life tomorrow will reflect the decisions you are making today. Your life today reflects the decisions you made yesterday. And your life tomorrow will reflect the decisions you are making today. Hey! (laughs) Are you here with me? You see, decisions are the choices we make that determine our success or failure in life. And all of us here, we have made choices. The choices we made is that has brought us here. Who I am today is as a result of choices. Who you are today is as a result of choices. I must not envy you. You must not envy me. We all had the same chances, the same opportunities, but we made decisions. What, what we did was that we made different decisions. We did not this year, we all have 365 days. We all have 24 hours every day. We all have seven days in a week. How many of us have 12 days in a week? Or five days in a week. We all have the same thing. What will make the difference at the end of this year are the decisions, the choices we made. What we did were the opportunities God gave us. One day somebody said something about me. He said, Did your face doing well on the on the sprinters road? Or is it because he has money? It's because he has money. Then I told the person to go and tell him that I didn't come to sprinters. In fact, I was not born with money. I was born and naked. And when I came to Sprinters Road, I came to live in an uncomputer building. So I didn't come to Sprinters Road with money. So if he says I have money, the money itself is an achievement. The difficult one is getting the money. The easiest one is doing something with the money. So you cannot just justify his position by just saying he has money. The law of contemplation, law six, the law of contemplation, you will eventually become what you are allowed to occupy your mind. The law of contemplation, you will eventually become what you are allowed to occupy your mind. You will eventually become what you are allowed to occupy your mind. Proverbs 23, verse 7, King James Version. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is, so is he. You will eventually become what you are allowed to occupy your mind. When I was in secondary school, Form 4, you know, I left school in Form 4. 
did all my destiny. My nickname was Chancellor because I occupied my mind with the father. One day, I will own a university. I have become. You occupied your mind with something. Today, you have become. You, you understand? If like you occupy your mind with sexual immoral thoughts, you become sexually immoral. When others are thinking about how to go to space, you are thinking about how to sleep with a woman. How can you and that person become equal? Are you understanding me? How can you and that person become equal? When you watch movies from outside and you see people using technology and, and showing us high-level thinking people who are uh, investigators investigating this thing, we are showing people going to shrine to go and find out who killed my father. How can we? <laughs> who killed my father? Can you tell me? When others are using forensic signs. <laughs> Mercies. I said mercies. Okay, finally, the law of clarity. The law of clarity. If you ensure that you are sure of what you are doing, you ensure yourself against disappointments. If you ensure that you are sure of what you are doing, you ensure yourself against disappointment. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Verses 2 and 3. Genesis chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And God said, let there be light. Can you imagine? Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And instead of God going to create in darkness, God wanted to be sure of what he was getting himself involved in. So God said, let there be light. Let me see everything before I get myself involved in. So you see, this is brother Noah. He sings very nice. If God had created Brother Noah in darkness, he would have put his nose on his forehead, his ears on his chin, his eyes somewhere at the back of his head. Then after God had created him in darkness, God would have said, let there be light. Then Noah would have appeared. And God would have asked him, did I create you? Who is this monster? I was creating something after my image, not something like this. But you see, when you begin to see that you are creating monsters for yourself, it's a clear indication that you are not obeying the law of clarity. You don't get to ensure yourself that you are sure of what you are getting yourself involved in. I didn't know the man was like that. Yes, you did not obey the law of clarity. I did not know that the woman was like that. You did not obey the law of clarity. I did not know that the job was like this. I'm not resigned from another job to join this job. You did not obey the law of clarity. God bless you. <laughs> Amen. We're grateful for tuning in to the Pleasant Word Broadcast with Bishop Gideon Titi Fair, Brought to you by The Pleasant Place, the church with pleasant people. Dial 0264-133-333. 0264-133-333.